March, one of my favorite people on the planet died. She was kind. She was super creative, and she was such a positive spirit. She's a Chicago author, Amy Krauss Rosenthal. You may have heard of her. The article for the New York Times went viral last February. It was called, after reading this, you may want to marry my husband. I first knew of Amy because of her children's books. When my girls were young, in 2008, 2009, we read her kids' books. But in the bio, I saw that she had a memoir, The Encyclopedia of an Ordinary Life. I read the book, and then I tracked down her email and asked for permission to use her as a theme in my class. I wanted my students to write their memoir, pieces of their life written in alphabetical order. And I wanted them to write to her a letter at the end of the semester for their final exam. And she said, I would love to see where the reading and the writing take you. And by the way, have you seen some of my other projects? She linked me to a YouTube video from 2008 called The Beckoning of Lovely. And on this video, she gathered with a couple few hundred people at The Bean in Chicago. And together, they made a bunch of stuff. They made a splash, and they jumped in puddles. They made a grand entrance, and they did flip-flops into the crowd. Toward the end, she said, let's make a movie. And she invited the universe to submit whatever they believed to be lovely. It could be a poem or a song. It could be a chalk drawing. If they thought it was lovely, send it to us, she said. At the very end of the film, she said, make the most of your time here. She also linked me to her WBEZ Chicago Public Radio blog. And every week or so, she either wrote about or shared a video of what she called a mission. She took on these interactive projects with the public. One of them was called Positive Pranking. And she said, remember when we were kids and we used to ding-dong ditch? We'd ring a doorbell and run? She said, let's be more positive about it. Let's be nicer about it and chocolatey. <laughs> and so she and a friend, as adults, bought a bunch of boxes of Hostess ding-dongs, left them at doorsteps, rang the doorbells, and ran. Another mission was called Graffiti, G-R-A-F-E-E-T-I. She said, we have enough graffiti on the walls. How about a different kind of graffiti? And she asked followers to send notes of encouragement and inspiration. And she'd print them, cut them, and distribute them into people's shoes outside of yoga class or maybe in the shoe department at a Target store. I was all in. My students wrote their encyclopedias their memoirs in alphabetical order. They conducted their own missions and wrote essays about them. Their research projects were based on what they believed to be lovely. 
and they wrote to Amy at the end of the semester for a final exam. Amy would reply each semester with the desire to be able to reply to all of my students, but I had 80 to 100 students a semester. It was impossible. She said, how about we Skype? And so one semester, we set up a screen, we called her in, and there she was illuminated in front of our classroom, and she Skyped with my students. She wanted to hear about their missions. One of my students shared her money tree mission. Just as Amy had done, my student hung dollar bills from a tree at 95th and Roberts Road. Just as Amy had done, she watched from afar. And sadly, just as Amy had witnessed, no one saw it. Deflated, my student said, mission failed. And she told Amy, as I tried to take the dollars from the tree, a young woman approached me and burst into tears. And my student asked if she was okay, and she said, I need a few dollars so I could buy breakfast for my child. And Amy said, that is awesome. Another student, Mike, he stood up and he shared his story of, um, it, it rhymes with bucket list, but it starts with an F. And rather than making lists of all the things we want to do before we die, we make lists of things we never want to do again. And so he collected lists from his family and from his friends, and he created his own. He attached them to balloons, and then ceremonially, he released the balloons, never to do these things again. He explained to Amy that on his list was, I never want to fail COM 101 again. <laughs> Apparently, he had taken the class before when he was a very new student. Because he was so shy, the transition was hard for him, and he failed the class. And he said, this is a big deal for me to stand in front of my peers and to stand in front of a congratulated him. Then she looked to me and she said, Erica, what's your mission? And at first, it's like, I'm navigating these guys. I'm just trying to get them to write their essays. But then I remember and my husband, in our neighborhood, when we'd go walking, we had admired a woman's garden. We didn't know her. She was a couple blocks away, but we liked her gnomes. And we thought it would be fun and magical if we could sneak a gnome into her garden every week or so. And Amy thought it was cute. My students thought I was obsessed. <laughs> and maybe I was. But I could always justify the learning outcomes for the course. We were writing, we were researching, we were evaluating. But as good instructors do, I revised. We read other books and wrote other essays. We talked about death and divorce and drug abuse. We talked about zombies and wandering around aimlessly, not observing anything around us. And I realized in the midst of all of that negativity was the need for positivity. And I knew there was a place for Amy Krauss Rosenthal in my class. The messages in her books and videos to make the most of our time here and to realize life every minute 
and that we're all one, we're needed. And so every semester, I still have Amy Krauss Rosenthal Day. I just had it Monday. Because I want my students to hear these messages, too. I want them to make the most of their time here. I want them to realize life every minute. And I want them to see that we're all one. On my own time, I followed Amy. I went to Printer's Row Book Fair downtown just so I could say hi. I went to a librarian conference with my husband so I could go to the book venue and say hi to Amy. And I dragged my family downtown for a summer stroll with Amy Krause Rosenthal. She and 20 strangers and the four of us walked around a Chicago neighborhood for an hour. And it was here that I realized and saw Amy living her themes, realizing life every minute, making the most of her time here, and connecting with other people. A couple years ago, I received an email from Amy Cross Rosenthal. And she asked if I might take a look at a book she'd written that was yet to be released. She also said, I have ovarian cancer. I've already had surgery. I'm starting chemo. And I promise you that all the pages of this book, even though some of them are melancholy and morbid, all of them were written prior to my diagnosis. So once the tears cleared up, I read her book. And it was called Textbook Amy Krauss Rosenthal. And it was a follow-up to her memoir. It was written in textbook fashion. She had a history section and a romance language section and a math section. And she quoted Einstein, who said, there are two ways we could live our life. A, as if everything's a miracle, or B, as if nothing's a miracle. She said, I choose A, everything. What was cool about the book was that it was a text book. She invited her readers to text her as they read. Send me your self-portrait. Send me a picture of a rainbow. Or text me and I'll send you a song for musical accompaniment as you read. Again, it was Amy interacting with her readers, connecting this group of people. I emailed my praises and my observations and my well wishes. And she asked if she could call me. We'd never had a phone conversation before. And as a super fan, I was a little anxious, but the conversation was lovely. She's such a kind person and a humble person, and she was so grateful. We talked about her treatment, her chemo, her games of Scrabble during her chemo, and we talked about her plan to go away for the winter to be in Florida with her family and finish her chemo there. A few months later, I ordered the textbook for my class and I texted her because I knew she was okay with that. And I said, hey, I ordered the book and I'm super excited to use it. But even more, I wanted to know how she was doing. She said, I finished chemo, I had my first scan and I'm cancer free. 
and how are you? And it's here that I told her of my cancer diagnosis. Two months prior, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and was essentially headed to surgery. Amy was quick to call. And we talked about cancer. And we talked about our treatment plans. We talked about my decision to have a bilateral mastectomy and to live my life flat without reconstruction. We talked about what we say to our children about our diagnoses to console them. What we say to our spouses to console them. And what we say to our parents to console them. I had to have a second surgery to remove 24 lymph nodes from my left side, all proved negative. And Amy called me the next day to see how I was feeling. And I explained I was trying to gear myself up to go to my daughter's spring concert. And I was sad and really tired and not feeling like myself anymore. And she said when she was at her lowest, a friend told her to whisper these words of comfort because sometimes we have to console ourselves. They're there, sweetheart. They're there, sweetheart. I knew can cancer came back for Amy. I knew she'd started her treatments again. It's typical for ovarian cancer. She was the theme of my class in the fall last year and I invited her to come to my final exam. And she came because she wanted to connect with the students. And they talked about what it meant to be a writer and they talked about why she was such a good person. And she turned my final exam into an epic finale. A month later, her assistant Ruby emailed me to say that Amy had placed herself into hospice. I asked Ruby, how's she doing? Not the cancer, how's her spirit? And Ruby said, she's working, which to Amy is playing. Indeed, she was finishing a children's book. She was putting together an art exhibit to say farewell. It's called Beauty Parlor. And she was writing that article for the New York Times that went viral in February. In March, she died. One of my favorite people on the planet died. I have her books and her videos and her words. Make the most of your time here. Beckon for lovely. Realize life every minute. We are all one. And I still have Amy Krause Rosenthal Day every semester. And that's my mission. What's yours? <laughs>